Copper and estrogen. What's the relationship? This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. Second runner-up is from Shauna Sturtz. And my summary of this question is, what is the relationship between copper and estrogen? Her full question is, what is the relationship between copper levels and estrogen? I have had standard serum copper and zinc testing since I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's because apparently both, but especially copper, is helpful for thyroid function. Even while supplementing, my copper and zinc have always been on the very low end of normal or below normal, except for one time when I was taking low-dose birth control that had synthetic estrogen and progesterone. On that test, copper was above range while zinc was within normal range. I always heard that the birth control pill raises copper levels but falsely assumed it was because the pill had copper in it. Then I came across something that said taking estrogen, maybe just synthetic, raised copper levels. So what is this relationship if one exists? And if so, can using bioidentical estradiol or any kind of estrogen exposure also have an effect on copper levels? Then Renata S. added, I am also interested in this. My copper is high and circulating zinc is high and I also have Hashibodas. My mercury and aluminum are also high. Could the effect could they affect copper and malabsorption of zinc or all these gut issues? Okay. So the issue with copper is not completely solved, but this is how the story goes. Compared to men of reproductive age, women of reproductive age have higher plasma copper and seroloplasmin turn over copper in their body more quickly, eat more copper voluntarily per unit energy, and absorb a higher fraction of copper from their food. Most of these differences are obliterated when you look at men and women who are after reproductive age. Hormonal contraceptives increase copper levels, and this has Nothing to do with them containing copper. This is an effect of the combination of estrogen and progesterone. Pregnancy raises copper levels. All of this converges on a sex hormone regulation of copper absorption. Now, what we know in the placenta is that estrogen and insulin, both independently and synergistically together, stimulate the placental expression of the transporters in a way that directionally transport copper to the fetus. So when your estrogen level is high, copper goes in the direction of mother to the fetus. If your estrogen level drops, copper goes backwards from the fetus to the mother. So one of the effects of maintaining high estrogen through pregnancy is to regulate placental copper transporters in the direction of copper goes to the fetus. Now, it's also been observed that there are case reports of copper toxicity that resolve when women go off of birth control. And so some authors have suggested that this regulation in the placenta similarly occurs in the intestine in a way that favors copper greater copper absorption from food. And that would be consistent with the fact that women of reproductive age compared to men of the same age have higher fractional absorption of copper from their food. Could be an estrogen effect. However, this is conflicted by one study that I'm aware of done in rats 
the only study that I'm aware of that really tested this, showing that injecting estrogen in the form of 7-beta estradiol, 17-beta estradiol, for two weeks dramatically decreased intestinal copper absorption. Now, if you go back to one of the studies on birth control pills, one of the things that they found when they compared three different birth controls was that two of them led to, all three of them led to much higher copper levels than, pe- than women who were not on birth control. However, one of them led to dramatically higher copper levels that kept increasing the period of observation while the copper levels in women on the other two birth controls remained stable. And the only known difference between the uh, the birth control pills, between the ones that produce stably high copper and the ones that produce precipitously increasing copper was the progesterone derivative included in them. It's the only difference. So my strong suspicion is that in order to be able to reconcile the rat study that seems to contradict the hypothesis that estrogen increases copper absorption, we would need to look at the interactions between estrogen and progesterone at least, possibly other hormones as well. And you know, insulin as, as well. But just in terms of female hormones, my, my strong suspicion, just based on that birth control study, is that there's some kind of interaction between estrogen and progesterone that is ultimately determinative of the copper absorption effect. And I think it's got to be the case that when you have them combined, you get the, the observational uh, study showing that women of reproductive age have higher copper absorption from their food compared to men of the same age. You get the um, well, that was the only study supporting difference in absorption, uh, but you also get this solution to why the birth control with the estrogen progesterone combined have such high copper levels. Uh, it does not it it there's a conflict between the experimental rat study and the observational human study, and I think the, the reconciliation is that there is an estrogen-progesterone interaction as shown by the birth control study that explains how to reconcile those. I don't know what the exact interaction is, but I think in the context of birth control, pregnancy, pregnancy also raises copper levels if I didn't say that. Um, in the in the context of birth control pregnancy and comparing men to women, part of this higher plasma copper level or serum copper level is not just an increased liver output of seroloplasmin. It is increased copper absorption from food. So what I think is going on is as follows. So in my working model, estrogen, possibly interacting with insulin and progesterone, serves to increase copper absorption from the intestines so that during pregnancy, it can be transported to the fetus for the fetal needs for copper as well as to the placenta for the massive explosion of placental diamine oxidase. We also know that estrogen suppresses intestinal diamine oxidase, and I suspect this is to conserve copper for the purposes I just outlined above, namely the fetal copper needs and the placental copper needs for diamine oxidase. During a normal menstrual cycle, 
this all may be subtle enough that it has no ill effects and maybe it doesn't even have many measurable effects or at least effects of large magnitudes. However, there are some women who have cyclical histamine intolerance that I think is from estrogen suppressing intestinal DAO, diamine oxidase. And I think some women get a much stronger effect postpartum because the high levels of estrogen have been suppressing intestinal DAO for months, in part because they're relying on massive placental DAO that raises plasma DAO 500-fold in pregnancy. And then when the placental DAO is withdrawn, but their intestinal DAO has not equilibrated to normal pre-pregnancy levels yet, they get much stronger postpartum histamine intolerance. I've seen this. I don't think it's common, but I've seen it. Now, birth control or hormone replacement therapy sustain pregnancy levels of estrogen, but there's no placenta or fetus to feed, then I think what's going to happen and it's not it's probably not just estrogen it's probably the combination of estrogen and progesterone somehow is that copper absorption can be high but there's no fetus to transfer the copper to and so if your seroplasmin production is adequate to match the rise in intestinal copper absorption you're fine but if the copper absorption dramatically exceeds the ability to support it with seroplasmin then that's when you can get Copper toxicity. So, to reiterate, I believe that estrogen regulation of copper metabolism probably interacts with progesterone and probably it increases intestinal copper absorption, but it definitely increases serum levels of copper and seroloplasmin. And it definitely serves to drive copper to the fetus and placenta during pregnancy. I suspect that's related to the suppression of of intestinal diamine oxidase by estrogen for copper conservation for the fetus, and that it's compensated for by massive placental diamine oxidase activity during pregnancy, which serves to protect the mother and the fetus combined, whereas intestinal diamine oxidase would only protect the mother. So you're shifting copper and diamine oxidase away from the intestines during pregnancy to the placenta to protect mother and baby together. And of course, the fetus needs copper to build everything, all the collagen-based structures especially. And so what you don't want is full-on constant pregnancy-level hormones in the absence of pregnancy because then you may drive half the copper equation without the other half. That is intestinal absorption without transfer to the fetus. So I hope that answers your question, Sean. Thank you very much for your question. This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. If you want to become a Masterpass member so that you can participate in the next live Q&A, or so that you can have access to the complete recording and transcript of each Q&A session, you can join at chrismasterjohnphd.com masterpass. You can save 10% off the subscription price for as long as you remain a member by signing up at chrismasterjohnphd.substack.com slash Q&A. That's 
Q&A spelled out as Q-A-N-D-A. These links are in the description.